Hello, Helen Hong. Hello, J. Keith Van Stratton. And hello, listeners. Hey, we want to hear from you about what our show means to you. Especially if you already support us as a member of Maximum Fun. To share with us, you can email memberstories at MaximumFun.org. Or you can call 323-601-8719. And we may feature your voice in an upcoming episode. Let us know, what does our show mean to you? Why do you support us as a member? What would you say to your fellow listeners if they're considering becoming a member? And what kind of pet do you have? And do they enjoy listening too? <laughs> Again, email memberstories at MaximumFun.org. Or call 323-601-8719. Thank you, listeners. know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb. And then smart again. I'm Helen Hong. And now, socially distancing from our homes in Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Very nice to see you. How are things going for you, Helen? I'm busy in my house because my household is expecting a baby, Jakey. Mazel tov. Thank you. Uh, tell us about that. Who in the, who, the household itself is expecting the, the baby? The household is expecting a baby. <laughs> wow. Uh, Are you giving birth to an apartment? <laughs> <laughs> so in in one of life's great ironies, I uh, decided early on that I didn't want to be a mother. I never wanted to be a mother myself. Um, then during the pandemic, my sister and I bought a house together. My sister has since decided that she very, very much wants to be a mother, uh, but she doesn't have a partner, so she's going to have a baby by herself. And ostensibly, I am going to be the second parent whether I want to or not, because yeah, I was going to ask, like, were you, were you consulted in this arrangement? <laughs> I mean, I always knew she wanted to be a parent, and I knew she was entertaining the thought of doing it by herself. Yeah. I just didn't know that she was going to do it by herself after moving in with me. Oh no! Uh, wow. And so, yeah, so we're expecting a baby in May, and um, I'm going to be co-parenting. A kind of un, yeah. I didn't choose to, but here we are. <laughs> wow, good for you. You seem you seem actually very uh, in good spirits about this, yeah. considering it's something that you never wanted. Ask me again after three weeks of no. Okay. Sleep. <laughs> yeah. In theory, this is very giving and loving of you. <laughs> in practice, we're going to find we'll out. We'll see what happens after two yeah. years, two weeks of sleep deprivation. So. Wow. Well, I was going to talk about how I painted my bathroom, but somehow that just doesn't <laughs> seem quite as uh, quite as important as this. But uh, yeah. So next we, time, you know, in about a, uh, in about two months, uh, yeah. the recordings, I will be. I will be very sleep deprived and possibly a little bit loopy, and you might hear a crying infant in the background. Excellent. Well, uh, we'll we'll look forward to even more soundproofing in your <laughs> tiny little closet. Then, you. uh, congratulations Thank and very you. exciting to both of you. Thank you. Well, today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics, and finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. 
Let's get started and meet today's guest. Helen, who is up first? He is a comedian whose stand-up special, Adorable, is streaming on HBO Max, Spotify, and most other audio streaming services. It's Orlando Leba. Oh, yeah. Hello, Orlando. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Orlando, very excited to be here. We appreciate that enthusiasm. I love it. I love it. I'm excited. I'm excited. I get to be with, well, this is the time, first time I get to meet you, Jay, but Helen Hung is one of my best buddies in the world. And Best I buddies. love her so very much. <laughs> oh, very good. Uh, yes, you are, in fact, friends with Helen. What are some of your favorite memories of each other, Helen and Orlando? Ice House. Every time she's in the Ice House, we miss the Ice House so much. We do. Uh, That's a comedy club uh, here yeah, in the Los Angeles area. Los Angeles area, Pasadena, California. There's allegedly the, the oldest comedy club in the country, right? Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> I, I don't. I That's don't really what they know. claim. They claim. Allegedly, yes. <laughs> Just uh, watching her first, uh, we didn't know each other. We have a common friend by the name of Michael Yo, and her watching Michael perform, and I've never seen her. I'm new to LA. Just see her go on stage with her, you know, intelligent <laughs> face glasses, and. <laughs> She goes up there and you're like, oh, this is going to be, you know, she's going to hit us with some, uh, you know, intelligent uh, jokes. And then she just no. comes and brings this heat. Oh, and just oh yeah. Turns and there's, this... there's nothing intelligent about my comedy. I'm well, super yeah, it low is. Brow. Okay, it is. But it's like she she finds that perfect balance of uh, smart, intelligent comedy and oh. then silliness. And then, obviously, <laughs> I lean more towards the silliness because yeah. that's what 100% my comedy is. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a common thing that happens with a lot of stand-up comics is that you kind of know someone for, for their art before you actually meet them in person. Like, you come into the room, someone's on stage, they're smashing, and you're like, oh, man, that guy's, like, so funny. Who is that? And you kind of get to know them through their stand-up. And then afterwards, you meet them in the green room or you meet them, like, you know, just at the other clubs and stuff. And I think that's what's cool about me and Orlando's relationship is we knew each other through our stand-up first. And Orlando is such a delightful, like, he looks like a human Muppet and... <laughs> And he's just so lovable and so. I love you, Orlando. I'm so glad you're doing likewise, this. Likewise, likewise. Oh, you too. Well, Orlando, your special is called Adorable. I just watched it recently on HBO Max. I absolutely enjoyed it so, so much. Uh, congratulations on that. Where did you come up with the name Adorable for the uh, name of the special? A white lady in Denver, Colorado <laughs> after a show. <laughs> Older white Caucasian lady. I just called her mm -hmm. double white there. White and Caucasian. White and Caucasian. Yeah. And uh, she pinched my cheeks after the show. And no. She said, yes. And she. But it 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 came with love. Like I I we looked into each other's eyes. She saw my soul. I saw her soul. And then I allowed her without having to tell her. Yes, you can pinch my cheeks. And she knew <laughs> that she could pinch my cheeks. And she said, I see. It, was, it was implied consent. Yes. And yes. then she was like, you're just adorable. And I, I was like, thank you. I made a, a mental note of that. And when my special uh, got filmed and they said, what would you like to name it? I said, adorable. And they go, okay. <laughs> 
I was really struck watching that special, how diverse that crowd was. Uh, is that typical for you, that you get a, a nice diversity of, of, of races and genders and ages? Yes, uh, I've been very blessed that's what uh, happens. I can play any room you throw me in. Mm -hmm. I love that feeling of my obsessions. I get to share them with the world. And then the mm -hmm. people are like, I have the same obsession, but I've kind of murdered three people and I'm out on parole. <laughs> and it's like, I'm glad you have that obsession about this positive thing that I like. And then they're like, yeah. And then the guy that's a banker or the lady who's like, I would have never expected with hair like that. I would have never expected you to like this particular thing. That's I'm just bringing everybody together, man. That's my goal. I'm bringing people together. Last thing I wanted to ask you about, you've gotten to perform your stand-up on a lot of uh, late-night talk shows. I'm curious if any of those experiences stand out. I know you've been on the shows uh, a lot of times where there have been a variety of celebrities on there as well. The last one was Eddie Murphy at The Tonight Show, which was uh, Humble Brag, my second appearance on The Tonight Show. Thank you to Hello. Jimmy Fallon and Michael Cox, the booker of The Tonight Show, for always welcoming him to me coming to the show. Eddie Murphy was there and I was jacked up and everybody was like, are you nervous to meet Eddie Murphy? And I was like, no, I want to ask him, why does he keep on doing reggae albums? <laughs> <laughs> what happened is that didn't get to meet him. They ushered him right out. Oh, yeah, he was bummer. there because he was also taping for Saturday Night Live. And if that's not a segue, that's a segue. Ah. That, if that's not a segue, that's a segue. And that's Orlando Leva. Thanks for being here, Orlando. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Helen G., I wonder, against whom will Orlando be competing tonight? <laughs> she is an actor who is currently in her fourth season as a cast member on Saturday Night Live. It's Heidi Gardner. Hi, Heidi. Hi. Wonderful oh. to uh, have you join us. And uh, you actually have a little bonus guest for us there with you. I do. I have my cat, Tweaky, who has somehow become like a service cat <gasps> for podcasts or any sort of press <laughs> I've done. She jumps on my lap. And it's kind of nice to just sit and pet. I love that you need, you need a service friends. animal to get through podcast recordings. I feel that. <laughs> I hear that. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I have two cats uh, who are uh, out of frame in the other room, and I don't think they've ever joined in in any of the podcast tapings we've done from home, Helen. No, and my dog no. would not fit into my podcast studio, a.k.a. my bedroom closet, so <laughs> I'm unable to bring my my support animal into this room with me. Yeah. Oh. So I'm super jelly. Oh. I'm jelly of your cat. And I'm also impressed that this cat is sitting so politely on your lap. Especially yeah. being named Tweaky. Yeah, she is a tweaker, and I do feel like she was being polite, and then she heard her name, and now she's, like, ah. a little more lively and trying to get camera time. Little does she know she's not going to be seen. No, <laughs> no, no none no, of no. us are. <laughs> you just did a show, Saturday Night Live, this past Saturday. We're recording this on a Monday. You've got another show coming this Saturday. And am I right that as of now, aside from the host and the musical guest, you have no idea what you're doing on the show this Saturday? In six days? No idea. You guys, I need ideas. So. Oh, oh, really? Okay. We can change this into a pitch room. Exactly. Let's do it. No. Isn't that typical, though? Like, Monday is, like, a completely blank slate, and then, like, Saturday, the run-through, there's still things being mushed around. Like, Yeah, things are still being moved around, but, you know, we've this will be our third show in a row, and it is kind of typically the third show where you're like, I'm out of ideas. I have nothing. You know, so... <laughs> 
I have kind of been freaking out all day, but I keep telling myself, I'm like, Heidi, you've been in this spot a thousand mm-hmm. times. You will have an idea. You will think of something. You certainly thought of a lot of great things uh, through your time of being on the show. Uh, you got some great characters. You've done some impressions. You actually do a great Drew Barrymore. And I understand you actually got to meet her since you did the impression on the show. I did. I met her like at a, a mutual friend's birthday. And she was like, I like your work of me. I'm not doing the impression. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fun. Yeah. You're from Kansas City. You uh, grew up as a Chiefs fan. Uh, how are you doing with the Chiefs loss? I mean, it was heartbreaking because I love the Chiefs so much. But I have to say that having one Super Bowl win, it made me feel less desperate last night because I was mm. there was just a little bit more of a calm than last year when we were down and I was like <laughs> freaking out. I was like, we have to win. We have to win. Um, so I accepted it kind that, of that, easily. That, that they they say that is the first step. Yeah. Now, as a Chiefs fan, it must have been a very exciting moment for you. You actually got to meet their star quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. I got to meet Patrick Mahomes, and it was in 2018 after we'd made it to the AFC Championship but lost to Tom Brady and the mm. Patriots. I went up to him, and I was just like, oh, my God, Like, thank you for such an amazing season. Just as a lifelong Chiefs fan, that was so special. And he was like, you know, it didn't end how we wanted it to, but next year we're going back and we're winning the Super Bowl. <gasps> and I, this was like almost a year before then he, or Whoa, nine months before he did it. He manifested it. Yes. And I could tell in this young man's voice, this 23 year old, I was like, he's serious. Like, he's winning <gasps> the Super Bowl. He like, he spoke it into being. He did. And Whoa. I was the first to hear it. So, wow. Okay, well- <laughs> and do you feel that you helped? Do you feel that you helped by wearing Chiefs gear in the uh, Good Nights on Saturday Night Live, which I've seen a few times? Yes, because you know what has been helping is like the more that I promote it, I, I don't think any of my cast members are quite as into football as I am. Mm-hmm. So, what's really cool is because I'm so blatant with my Chiefs love, then they're like, I'll root for them. You love them, right? I'll root for them. Ah! So, I think I've gotten a lot more Chiefs love because of it yeah good to know yeah. tell me if this is true i read this you were voted in your high school yearbook most likely to be a cast member on snl i was no wow yeah why I why and it's weird i sometimes like in school assembly skits i mm-hmm. remember doing stuff like i remember playing jeff probst once like in a survivor <laughs> sketch yeah and I would do like funny sketches in the talent show because I didn't have like a real talent. <laughs> but there was another girl, Sarah Popa, who was so funny. And I think she got most likely to be an MTV DJ. And mm-hmm. I was kind of jealous of that. Because like, <laughs> that was like the height of TRL. And I was like, sure. oh, man. <laughs> well, that has to be the only example I I've ever heard of where a yearbook superlative ended up being true. I know, it's crazy. And that's such that's a so specific rare. one. Wow, that is so yeah. great. I feel like this is a manifestation-themed conversation. <laughs> and, uh, really and, and And along that vein, I would like to speak into existence. I will hook up with Michael Fassbender this coming year. Oh, yes. congratulations, Hello? Helen. Yes. Hello, anybody. Anybody. Put it out into the universe. Yes. Hello. And I was just talking about shame. To a friend, like, two days ago. Oh, yeah. So I feel like it's going to happen. Mm. <laughs> it's a sign. I, there's yeah. no other possible explanation for those two things happening coincidentally. Mm-hmm. Heidi, we're so happy that you're here. We're so happy that uh, you brought your cat, and we look forward to getting <laughs> to know you better through this episode. Heidi Gardner, everybody.
All right, Heidi and Orlando, we asked each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your field of work in which you feel you have some expertise. Orlando, you said you know a lot about airline travel hacks, the TV show Fixer Upper on HGTV, and how to make fluffy eggs. Whereas Heidi, you said you know a lot about figure skating, the 1992 Olympic Dream Team, and the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And by the way, I'm enjoying looking at Orlando hearing Heidi's topics and looking at Heidi hearing Orlando's topics. I think there's a lot of, a lot of surprises on both ends and delight mutual. All right. Well, later on, we're going to ask each of you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person has a chance to steal. Your topic today, Code of Conduct. First up is Orlando. Orlando, your question comes from a listener. Who is it, Helen? It's from Jenna LaFleur of Washington, D.C. Thanks, Jenna. Listeners, if you'd like to submit a suggestion for our What's the Difference round, go to gofactorpod.com and click on Get Involved. Thank you, Helen, and thank you, Jenna. All right, Orlando, in the topic of Code of Conduct, while they both are ways to conduct a secret communique, what is the difference between a cipher and a code? A cipher and a code. Cipher and code, you know, <laughs> Russell Crowe was breaking in a beautiful mind. He was breaking codes. And mm-hmm. then, you know, there's a DJ in New York called Cipher Sounds. Yeah, we know. Right. BET does the cipher during the BET Awards. <laughs> right. I want to say a code is something you have to break. Mm-hmm. And a cipher is a message that's uh, uh, mm, uh, making noises. That would make the teacher not pay attention to me. Uh, uh, Who else wants to answer? No, no, no. Sorry. It's up to you, Orlando. Just give it your best Cypher. shot. Cypher would be more would like a riddle. I don't know. Like a riddle. Yes. Okay. So a code is something you have to break, and a cypher is more of a riddle. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Orlando. We've got Orlando's answer. Heidi, what do you think? You can steal if you don't think he's got it exactly right. You know, I'll try to steal, but okay. it's shaky. A code is like non- Verbal and a okay. cipher is verbal. Okay, <laughs> said with said, just to just to give a visual for our listeners. As soon as she said that, she leaned about eight feet back away from uh, away from the camera and the microphone, and as if to distance herself yeah. physically from her own answer. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this segment is becoming indecipherable. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. A cipher involves substituting each letter or number in a message with its own corresponding symbol. This substitution is usually done with different letters and numbers, but it could also be shapes or pictures or sounds. Ironically, one of the most well-known examples of a cipher where dots and dashes replace letters and numbers is called Morse code, but it really should be called Morse cipher because in a code, instead of replacing each individual character, you replace entire words or phrases with other words or symbols. An example would be how the Secret Service uses code names for the people they protect, where one word replaces an entire name. Vice President Kamala Harris's code name is Pioneer, and my code name would be Banana Princess. Interesting. We got Banana Princess on the mm-hmm, move. Mm-hmm. Advise Delta Formation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's right. Mine would be Kitty Cat Lover, although that might already be Heidi, so who knows. Yeah. Helen, how do they do in that round? 
Uh, I don't think either one of you got it. Nah. No, no, yeah. a very valiant effort, but uh, not not a successful one. I'm sorry. Yeah. But uh, up next in Code of Conduct is Heidi. Heidi, with Conduct, while they both help keep a train running on time, what is the difference between a train engineer and a train conductor? An engineer and a conductor. I'm going to say <laughs> that. No, okay. I'm going to say okay. the train engineer yeah. is actually driving the train. Mm-hmm. And the train conductor is the one who stands out on the platform and conducts the conduct of coming on to the train. The conduct take, of coming on to the train. And taking tickets. Okay, very good. All right, we have Heidi's answer. We don't know yet if she is correct. Orlando, what do you think? I 100% agree with uh, Heidi there. I think uh, she was very. she knew what she was talking about. Okay, so you're not going to give an alternate answer. You're just going yeah, to second, I, I second just Heidi. repeat the same thing. You know, the train okay. engineer and yeah, there's a conductor, and then the conductor yeah. does conducting stuff, and engineer he engineers. Yeah, really. <laughs> okay, that's a that's a very subtle difference between the two. Uh, all right, thank you, Orlando and Heidi. This segment is going off the rails. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. An engineer has basically one job: to drive the train. A conductor is in charge of everything else, whether it's scheduling, paperwork, overseeing maintenance, and loading and unloading a freight. On a passenger train, the conductor takes tickets and deals with passengers. Either way, the engineer does not go until the conductor says go. That's right. By the way, another difference used to be where they worked on a train. Until pretty recently, the engineer sat in the front and the conductor was usually found in the caboose. But as computers started controlling the train more, the caboose has largely been eliminated and the conductor's workspace is now in the locomotive along with the engineer. Because who doesn't love sharing a small space with their boss? Helen, how did our guest do? Heidi nailed the engineer portion, and she sort of, she didn't quite 100% get conductor right, but I will give you half a point for it. All okay. right, congratulations. One and a half points for Heidi. Helen, what is our score at the end of that round? At the end of that round, Orlando Leba has zero points, and Heidi Gardner mm. has one and a half points. Yes. But those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. It's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. Oh, Helen, I'm so happy to talk about Magic Spoon because, as you probably know by now, I've been trying to cut down on carbs for years, trying to get rid of sugar, unhealthy food, and I kept thinking, I can't eat any of the good stuff anymore. But it turns out that's not true. You know why, Helen? Because of Magic Spoon, which Magic has... Magic Spoon! Yeah, Magic Spoon only has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, only four net grams of carbs, and only 140 calories in each serving. Oh, but some people might have a more restrictive diet than I do, maybe they need to go keto. Believe it or not, it's keto-friendly. What if I have to be gluten-free? It's also gluten-free. What if I can't eat grain? Guess what? Grain-free. Okay, but it probably has a lot of soy. <laughs> it's soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free, J. Keith. Oh, my goodness. Well, what about the flavors? Am I stuck with whatever they send me? Nope. You can build your own box. They have cocoa. They have a fruity one. They have a frosted one. They have peanut butter and cinnamon. Oh, my gosh, Helen. You have the answers to all of my questions, and I like your answers. <laughs> 
Go to magicspoon.com slash gofact to grab the new limited edition cookies and cream, maple waffle, or a custom bundle of cereal to try today. And be sure to use our promo code GOFACT at checkout to save five whole dollars off your order. That'll cover shipping. That's magicspoon.com slash GOFACT and use the code GOFACT to save five dollars. Thank you, Magic Spoon. Why do we slow down every time? I don't know. I uh, I think it's kind of cute. It's like our thing now. It's our thing. We have a thing. <laughs> well, hello. I'm Renee Colvert. Hi, I'm Alexis Preston. And we are the hosts of Can I Pet Your Dog? And we got breaking news. We got an expose. And all the beans have been spilled via an Apple podcast review that said, This show isn't well-researched. <gasps> well, yeah, no duh. Of course it's not. Not since the day we started has it been well-researched. Guessing and anthropomorphizing dogs is what we do. The Can I Pet Your Dog promise is that we will never do more than 10 seconds of research before telling you excitedly about any dog we see. I'm going to come at you with top 10 enthusiasm, minimal facts. We're here for a good time, not an educated time. So if you love dogs and you don't love research, well, <laughs> you know what? Come on in to Can I Pet Your Dog podcast every Tuesday on Maximum Fun Network. <laughs> Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Orlando Leba with zero points and Heidi Gardner with one point. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. All right, Orlando, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about airline travel hacks, the TV show Fixer Upper, and how to make fluffy eggs. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those. First, tell us why you chose airline travel hacks as one of your topics and what that means to you. Uh, Airline travel hacks because I'm a stand-up comic and touring stand-up comics, so I get on the airplanes that fly across the sky a lot. And what what is a travel hack to you? A travel hack? is like how you know just making your travel easier making it you know making sure you don't get stuck behind certain people in line making sure that everything just runs smoother are you able to eyeball someone like in the tsa line and be like nah i'm not going. one thousand percent i can eyeball a person getting off as my wife is dropping me off on the curb I can I can already <gasps> pick up. You could be like, nope, no, not, not going anywhere that near person that person. There's not going to have their license out or their ID. <laughs> uh, and what do you do to uh, get around that person? Well, I, you know, the hacks have been like the TSA pre, the clear. Mm-hmm. You know, TSA mm-hmm. pre is already, I had TSA pre way back in the day when it first came out. And then I got the clear. So like I'm double dipping the chip so it's like i'm pretty much i i think i'm almost to the level where i can slap people you know that uh, are not moving fast enough it's yeah. like, they don't even check you for weapons they don't anymore. even check me for weapons i, I i'm nice i'm all the government has looked into all my backgrounds very good and they, they like what they saw yes, I'm sure. yes. Uh, all right you also said orlando that you know a lot about the tv show fixer upper yes I love Fixer Upper. It's on HGTV. It's no longer running. They're not running new episodes. People are into home improvement shows. I'm into it because it's instant gratification. Kitchen looks awful. 30 minutes later, great kitchen. We can all have a wonderful day after that. But Fixer Upper made it better. They stepped it up where there's never drama in all those shows. Oh, the price came in and the toilet is going to cost an extra $5,000. You know, what are we going to do? 
The Great Show with Chip and Joanna Gaines in Waco, Texas, they never have those issues. They just help people build their dream homes. You talk about it in your stand-up, actually, your obsession with HGTV. Yes, yes, and I've had to backtrack about it. I talked about it on The Tonight Show. First time I was on Fallon, it went fantastic because I had my HGTV set on me. It's just this, this whole relationship. When the show first started airing, I started watching it, and then I moved to Los Angeles, and then I was in Los Angeles for two and a half years by myself. One of the things that would connect me back to home was watching this show called Fixer Upper. That's very, very sweet. I'm dying to know how a $5,000 mistake can happen with a toilet. Sorry, we don't have time. Yes. Uh, (laughs) All right, and finally, Orlando, you said you know a lot about how to make fluffy eggs. Yes, that's thanks to the pandemic, and my wife and I, both working from home, her job was so kind, and they told her, hey, you could work from home now. So she's always home now all the time, all the time, all, all the time, <laughs> all the time. Jay, all the time. Helen, she's home all the time. Heidi, she's home all the time, just sitting at her desk forward slash our dining room table judging me like <laughs> judging me like like i'm a bad co-worker like that's how i get judged now by her like is that and where do the fluffy eggs come in well it came from i had to develop something to like get a space you know we need space so one of the things that i did was i developed a talent for making fluffy eggs thanks to oh. jeff gordon so I could keep her in the bedroom for as long as possible and I could gain back my living room. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Wait, so that's what? A, you brought yeah. the fluffy eggs in bed? Yes, like I, make fluffy eggs, I make fluffy eggs. I make fluffy eggs. I make it and then I have some fresh mozzarella and some French baguette. I slice <gasps> it diagonally. Ooh. I make it with olive oil. I just warm the bread and then I drizzle uh, olive oil on it and then I place the fluffy eggs on top. I chop some Whoa. fresh chives and I, mm. I'm a barista too. I, I learned how to make that <laughs> oh, and I take that to her in bed and it's like, oh. yeah, I know. I sound like a fantastic husband and it sounds like I do it for her, but no, I just do it for me because I'm just... Uh, <laughs> Trying to keep her in the bedroom for as long as possible, you know? Well, it sounds like it's working. Yes, it is. Congratulations. Uh, I I, I take her her laptop. Here you go. And everything. I bought her her the little Amazon thing, the stand where she could put the laptop and she could still be in bed. Fantastic. I did not expect the discussion about fluffy eggs to get so much into your marriage, but uh, that's that's why we talk about it. All right. So to summarize, Orlando, you told us you know a lot about airline travel hacks, the TV show Fixer Upper, and how to make fluffy eggs. Today, we're going to quiz you about airline travel hacks. Nice. Nice indeed. Now, I have to tell you, this is a topic that speaks to me because uh, before the pandemic, I was an avid traveler. Mm -hmm. If I went more than a few weeks without being on a plane, I got itchy. So it's been it's been challenging for me. How is have you been able to travel at all during this I've, uh, pandemic? I've traveled time? a few times, uh, full gear, you know, with the with mm-hmm. the with the face masks and the goggles and the mm-hmm. and the antibacterial. <laughs> we were already yeah. traveling at a certain level, and now we're just. I, I feel like ah, I don't even. I don't understand people that still eat yeah. in airplanes. I look at them, I <gasps> judge them. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? You're not civilized, you know, but whatever. Yeah. That's just my own <laughs> little pet peeves. Do you have a favorite successful travel hack from your uh, your time traveling that uh, you're proud favorite of? Favorite successful travel hack is stick to one airline. Mm. That's where all okay. your perks are going to be. 
Heidi, you're in the East Coast. Delta. Delta Airline, it'll be your best friend. They fly out of Atlanta. Awesome. Their lounge is fantastic. Also, lounges are fantastic. Great investment if you're traveling. I actually went to New York and I had an audition and I didn't have a hotel. So I just hung out in the lounge at JFK <laughs> till I kind of timed it. And then I hopped in a cab and went across into Manhattan for my audition. Nice. That's a nice hack. Yeah. And there's showers in there. There's actually showers. Oh, those are some extra nice lounges. Great. Well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in the topic with our three-part question, Orlando. But before that, to give you a chance to show off, here are five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed a total of two hints in these five questions. Yes. Now, Heidi, do listen closely because you can steal if Orlando gets any wrong. Heidi, by the way, how much do you know about airline travel hacks? You know, I just learned my first tip from Orlando. Oh, okay. so. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, it'll be very interesting we'll if Orlando gives you a chance to uh, jump in. Let's see how we yeah. do here. All right, Orlando, here's your first question. Orlando, in April of 2011, a company bought ITA Software, an airfare search system, for $700 million and used it as the backbone of their own airline ticket booking site called Flights, a favorite of travel hackers for finding cheap fares. What humongous internet company operates Flights? Travelocity. Helen, is it Travelocity? It is not Travelocity. No, I'm terribly sorry. sorry. Heidi with a chance to steal. Orbits? Helen, is it Orbits? It is not Orbits. No, I'm terribly sorry. It actually is Google. Google Flights yes, is the answer. Yes. Oh. Google operates a, uh, a site called Google Flights. Yes. Although it's still called Google Flights, the site now includes searches for hotels, vacation rentals, and things to yes. do. All right, let's see if we can bounce back in question number two. A lot of the benefits of travel hacking, as you know, can be acquired by earning points or miles in an airline's loyalty program. Points and miles you can redeem for future free flights. Each airline has its own loyalty program. What is the name of the one run by American Airlines? Uh, Advantage. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Orlando's on the board. Orlando, you mentioned earlier to stay loyal to one airline was one of your tips. What airline, if I can ask, are you loyal to? I'm loyal to Delta Airlines and American Airlines. American Airlines has uh, more flights than Delta, but the perks are 100, I I would say about... 20% 20% better on Delta Airlines. Ah. Ooh. Fun fact, American launched their loyalty program on May 1st, 1981. United launched theirs less than a week later. Mm. A lot of competition in that travel business. All right, Orlando, here's question number three. If you fly enough on a particular airline, you can earn elite status that gives you perks like free upgrades. Now, for normal people, the benefits accrue from normal travel. But some hackers will book a flight specifically for the purpose of earning points and miles toward their status, sometimes not even leaving their destination's airport before returning. What are these types of flights called? One-way flights. Helen, are they called one-way flights? (laughs) They're not called one-way flights. No, I'm sorry, Orlando. Heidi with a chance to steal. Hacker flights? Are they called hacker flights? They're not called hacker flights. No, a very reasonable guess uh, for both of you. Too much time on your hands flights. (laughs) (laughs) That would be appropriate. In the hobby, they're known as mileage runs. A mileage run, because you're doing a run on the airline in order to get mileage. Fun fact, when you use this technique to accrue hotel status, it's called a mattress run. Wow. 
Mm. Fun fact. Uh, I've actually done this before. I've I've gone to Atlanta once and never left the airport, and I've gone to Alaska and never left the airport. Have you done any flights like that in order to get status, Orlando? No, I haven't had. To. No, you actually have to have things to do in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, okay. what does this mean? You buy the flight, you yes. check in. You have to go to the airport to check in, so they know you didn't miss. You have flight. to take. You have to have your 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 butt in the seat. You have to take the flight. Yes. But then when you get to the destination, you just get on an airplane that goes back home. Yes. Whoa! So you that just sounds... take the flight wow. only for the purpose of acquiring. Because you're language. you're probably like, let's say, like to give you an example, you're probably like three thousand, or you're like no, sometimes it's even shorter, like five hundred, yeah. six hundred miles, or a thousand miles away from being like elite status, being like a gold right. or a platinum. Exactly. So if you're short a little bit of mileage and you need it in order to get your status or some sort of a perk, you'll fly a flight just to yes. fly the flight and do the miles, not to actually go anywhere. All right, Orlando, let's see if we can bounce back with question number four. Let's see. Uh, you do still have two hints available, so you'd like to use the hints. Yes. One of the ways to save money on flights sometimes is to buy a round-trip ticket that flies into one city but then flies back from another. Like you fly from LAX to Paris, but you fly back to LAX from London. What is the two-word term for this type of itinerary? I'll ask for a hint. Helen, how about that first hint? It's what you have to do when the dentist wants to look at your back teeth. What you have to do when the dentist... It's two words. Open-ended? Helen? It is not open-ended. What is it? Uh, Heidi, another chance to steal. Open-wide? Helen, is it open-wide? It is not open-wide. No, it's called an open-jaw, an open-jaw flight. Oh. Because the, the two lines that make up the flight pattern on a map kind of look like an open mouth. Mm. Uh, Helen, would you like to give him a half point for that because he said I open? I would. Yes. All right, a half a point for Orlando. Okay, I got Very one nice. and a half. Okay. One and a half. <laughs> you have a chance to almost double it with this next question. Nice. And I got a, Mo- and I got a hint. I got a hint. Yes, <laughs> you still have a hint available. Very good strategy using your hints. Here's question number five, Orlando. Most travel hackers take advantage of credit cards that come with various benefits for travel, like free bags and lounge access. And some of the most popular cards allow you to earn points that you can transfer to airlines to redeem for flights. What was the first credit card that offered points transferable to another airline? You do have a second hint available if you'd like to use that second hint. Yes, I will use the hint. Helen, how about that second hint? This company is believed to be the first to issue a multi-purpose charge card, which was invented in a restaurant. Which was invented in a restaurant? Credit card invented in a restaurant. Oh, and I know the name. Is it the Diners Club credit card? Helen? That is correct. That is correct for the point. Very good, Orlando. I just showed how old I am. People don't know what the (laughs) Diners Club is. If you know what the Diners Club is, I love you. Excellent. Well, you'll love you'll love this then. Diners Club started that program in 1985. Diners Club still exists. It is now owned by Discover. All right, Orlando, you ended up doing pretty well in that round, but now here is your expert level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. I'm ready, Jay Keith. All right, we'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. Nice. One of my favorite travel hacks is to take advantage of airline alliances, which can allow you to book tickets on one airline, but use your perks or mileage from another airline in that alliance. There are three major alliances containing over 50 airlines, Star Alliance, Sky Team, and One World. For up to three points, name one airline in each of those alliances. What was the names again? Star Alliance? So there's Star, Star Alliance, Sky Team, and One World. I'll give you one that's in each one. So Star Alliance. 
Mm-hmm. I would go American Airlines as a star alliance. Okay. 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 And then Sky Team? Sky Team, I will go with Delta Airlines. Okay. And uh, the other one is One World. One World. Is that Latanza? What is it? You know, Did I say it right? Lufthansa? Lufthansa? Lufthansa. Yeah, that's an airline. Yes. Lufthansa. Yes. Okay. Great. So Helen is taking note of those answers again. He said Star Alliance has American Airlines, Sky Team has Delta, and One World has Lufthansa. All right. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Joining us tonight is a man who for nearly 20 years has covered the world of points and travel. The author of the popular blog View from the Wing and the co-founder of InsideFlyer.com. It's Gary Leff. Hello, Gary Leff. Are you there, sir? There he is. How are you, sir? I Excellent. love Welcome. Gary. I've seen Gary on the news on my morning shows. How are you, buddy? <laughs> hey, I'm fantastic, Orlando. It is a pleasure to meet you. It's a pleasure to meet you, and I'm going to get more hacks out of you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, as, as, uh, as Orlando mentioned, pretty much any news show that covers travel has had Gary on as a guest. The Today Show, CNN, uh, The Wall Street Journal has also done pieces on you. Pretty much everything you've written for Condé Nast as well. And I have to ask, what a year to be covering travel. Are, are you traveling during this time? Travel sure different. I mean, yeah. every I'm, I'm glad 2020 is over, but we seem like we've got a hangover of it. My yeah. travel's been, you know, Airbnbs and driving. Mm. I'm a business traveler. And there's just not business travel the way there used to be. And there right. won't be until people are in their offices. You can't visit them. Right. And, and so many countries just haven't been willing to have me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't blame them. Right. Under normal you know, in normal times, I wouldn't have me either. Right. Um, but <laughs> well, Gary, in this case, I don't know if I would take it personally. Yeah, you know, I, I can't visit my family abroad. This is, this is, uh, yeah. you know, Zoom is my family. Oh, well, we're happy to have you on our Zoom. <laughs> yeah. What do you think travel is going to be like post-pandemic, which will happen, you know, someday soon, we hope. But what do you think are going to be some of the lingering effects of, uh, of the pandemic on the travel industry and the travel experience for, for travelers? I mean, the experience isn't going to be quite as good as what we're used to. Airlines is going to take a little while before they invest in their product the way that they have been doing because they've lost so much money. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've borrowed so much money. They're going to have to kind of repay their investors a little bit. On the other hand, there's going to be good deals for a while because mm-hmm. there are you know more flights and more seats than there are people traveling. And it's probably going to stay that way until things really recover. Well, that, I'm really looking forward to that because it's killing me not having been on a plane for over a year to see these incredible airfares and not be able to take advantage of them. So it's good to hear that you're predicting there'll still be some good deals when it is, when it is safe to travel even for a while. It's also a great time to use your miles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can cancel your trip. You can redeposit your miles depending on the program. There may be a nominal fee attached. Um, but the great thing is that, you know, these are basically refundable tickets. So when there's a great deal, uh, you know, jump on it uh, yeah. many, many months into the future. I want to talk about View from the Wing. That's uh, the, the very popular uh, blog that you write. You cover everything from new routes to credit card offers to reviews of things. And what's amazing about it also is that the airlines obviously pay attention to what you write as well. When did you start realizing that you actually were having an impact not just on travelers, but on the industry as well? Well, so it's a crazy thing because I write as though nobody is reading it <laughs> the way that I did. You know, when I started at one one weekend uh, 18 years ago, I, I ignore it. And then I get all these angry calls, right? <laughs> you know, an executive at an airline gets mad and their you know, corporate communications people have to call me. My cell phone rings and I tell them, you know, I'm sorry, you know, I'm right and you're wrong. <laughs> if, if somebody was writing about me, I would uh, read it too. Uh, <laughs> 
you know, there's a certain schadenfreude to it. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't be able to look away. And, yeah. And that's and and that's true in the industry. But that's very cool that you have that you have that power. You 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 get them to pay attention and sometimes even make changes based on what you advocate. Yeah. Look, you know, I I, I talk to folks and sometimes you know readers contact me with problems and I can fall I can solve problems with some of the mm-hmm. programs too and and that's always really gratifying when you can help people. I have a problem you could help me with. I'm in the middle of a huge fight with Airbnb over because um, I because I had I was forced to take an Airbnb recently because I took my dog up to the mountains and then lost him. <laughs> oh <laughs> I had no! To spend oh. the night in Big Bear. And just to be like- clear, you're mad at Airbnb for that. <laughs> And then we checked into this like sketchy Airbnb that had not been cleaned. And I was like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Like you didn't even clean. Like the sheets aren't washed. Like what the hell? How, who can I yell at? Who, how, how can, how can I get my Airbnb frustration out? Should I just like post all the pictures on Twitter? You want to, you want to be very concise, unemotional, clear complaint. What happened? Send it to the company and let them ignore you. And when they have ignored you, you follow up, and when it's completely unreasonable, the response, I mean, then social media is great. But if you want to get people on your side in social media, you have to be clearly wronged, mm. right? And the customer service experience, if they're, if they're blowing it with you, you know, that's, that's going to, they're, they're going to want to fix that in social media. You, you've always also got, look, if you buy something and what they've delivered to you isn't what was described to you, go to your credit card company, Right. You know, dispute the charge and tell them, you know, here's what was offered to me and here's what was delivered. It was not the same thing. So, you know, there are lots of avenues for uh, justice, especially on uh, on small things. Uh, last thing I want to ask you about, Gary, we uh, talked about all of these uh, big time uh, media outlets that you've been on. One of the ones that got the most attention, though, wasn't a serious news show. It was actually The Colbert Report. Tell us about being on that segment. It was very entertaining. There's a world famous cellist who recently passed away named Lynn Harrell. Well, he had a run-in with Delta Airlines. And what happened was, you know, he would always buy a seat for his cello because a cello like that, you're not going to check. He says, gosh, if I'm buying the seat, I want to earn miles, right? So he he signs his cello up for a Delta (laughs) Sky Miles. Delta contacts him, tells him, you cannot do this. Sky Miles is for people. He keeps doing it anyway. So this was the thing. They finally caught him years later and they said, you know, we told you not to do it. You did it anyway. We're terminating your account. You're no longer a member of the program. What? So Colbert folks brought me on. They said, would you be willing to come on and defend Delta? And I said, sure. I said, look, you know, they, they, here was the rule. They told him the rule. He did it anyway. But the great thing about the Colbert folks was that the segment wasn't actually about Delta Sky Miles. Mm-hmm. It was actually about same-sex marriage. <laughs> oh. The segment was about the special relationship that Lynn Harrell had with his cello, and I was there to defend traditional notions of membership. Oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> which none of us knew. Yeah, I was going to say, when, thing... when did you realize that you were, the, you were the butt of the joke, or did you? Well, so I knew going in. It's, yeah. yeah it's, look, you, you don't go on a show like this Unless you are, you know, if you don't know who the butt of the joke is, you figure it's you, right? And you go in and you have fun with it. (laughs) 
Well, you had a great sense of humor about it. It's a really fun segment. It's still available on YouTube if people want to uh, look it up. I could ask you a million questions about uh, the travel industry uh, all night, but let's get to the reason that we got you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the question that we asked of Orlando. We wanted him to name one airline that's in each of the three major alliances. Helen, what was the first answer that Orlando gave for Star Alliance? Orlando said American. And Gary? American Airlines is a member of One World. Oh, terribly sorry. That one is uh, not going to get you a point there. Uh, Next one, though, was Sky Team. And Helen, what did Orlando say? Orlando said Delta. And Gary? Delta is one of the 19 airlines in Sky Team. Congratulations. That's a point for Orlando. They are a member of Sky Team. And finally, Helen, what did Orlando say was a member of One World? Orlando said Lufthansa. And uh, Gary Leff? Lufthansa is a member of the Star Alliance. Oh, looks like you got those two uh, flipped around. It's a a very very easy mistake to make. Uh, I'm so disappointed in myself. I'm not going to be able to look at Gary in the eyes. But by the way, Gary, (laughs) now that we have you on, I'll ask you real questions that people want to know. Is there any talks among your, your airline head honcho buddy of yours that give you free flights now. <laughs> do they, is there any talks about, about how do we make a flying classy again? You get me? Like, how do we get rid of these, these sweatpants and flip flops? Why are we dealing with so many yes. open toes on the yes. airline? Orlando, Orlando would prefer not to fly with the poor. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, I, I just don't like people doing yoga next to me <laughs> with their toes out. And uh, I'm uh, Gary and I are men of a certain age, even though I look deliciously yummy. Listen, (laughs) I I remember Gary Eastern Airlines. I you know they used to even have silverware. Like my mom and I had a whole silverware set that we took, that we borrowed. We borrowed, borrowed <laughs> from Eastern Airlines. The airline went bankrupt. But anyway, but it's like because you gee, I wonder stuff. why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so Gary, will 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 flying be classy again for Orlando and his ilk? Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there there are ways of getting classy elements to it, right? There's a private terminal you can fly in and out of at LAX. It's very expensive. When you're in this metal tube with people from all walks of life with bring all their own issues and we are thrown together it's a microcosm of society in a you know, in a very small fishbowl that we can't leave hurtling through the sky at 30,000 feet gary um, gary is i i don't want people to be like orlando sin elitist i'm probably am but listen <laughs> listen gary like my mom would make me wear a suit and I never sat in first class and I never sat in business class. I was back there and I was wearing yeah. a little suit. Oh, I looked adorable as a five-year-old with a suit on. And I wore suits every time I would travel. We would like dress up. It was something you dressed right. up. Yes. Well, it was a yes. special occasion, yeah. I imagine also, right? Yes. That was before deregulation that made it more accessible to everybody. I miss saying waving. Sounds like what Orlando Sounds like what Orlando really would like is a dress code. More than anything or that else. you could smoke on planes again. One of the two, but let's give me one. <laughs> yeah, and they don't even let you use the e-cigarettes on the planes. So... Uh, the what you what you want is the lounges of Qantas. They actually have uh, footwear uh, requirements yes. to enter their. There lounges. you go. Yes. Got to fly Qantas, Orlando. All right, we do have to wrap things up. Uh, Gary, thank you so much uh, for being here. If people want to find out more about you or your work, where can they go, Gary? You can find me at viewfromthewing.com or at Gary Leff, G A R Y L E F F. 
Excellent. You are the thought leader in the industry. We appreciate that your journey has led you to us tonight. Gary Leff, everybody. Uh, honor. Awesome. Helen, what is our score at the end of that round? At the end of that round, Orlando Leba has three and a half points, and Heidi Gardner has one and a half points, with a round of questions for Heidi coming up. That's right. We're going to talk with Heidi about a topic she knows about. Plus, later, Heidi and Orlando will go head-to-head in our Fast Facts round, all to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. Embrace your wild side in Fortnite Chapter 2, Season 6, Primal. In the aftermath of the Zero Crisis, the Zero Point has been contained, but reality has collapsed in the process. A mysterious pulse shot from the newly formed spire, restoring a natural balance to the island. In your fight for survival, traverse primal battlegrounds, hunt wildlife for food, and craft weapons on the fly. The island has grown wild. So must you. Helen, what does all that mean? <laughs> The new season of Fortnite is here. If you play Fortnite or know anything about it, you'll know that the storyline evolves with every season, and it's better than ever. Whether you're playing Battle Royale daily or hopping in for special events in Party Royale, the island changes with every development that gets thrown at us. Now the island has grown wild. So must you. Battle with wildlife and craft your weapons. Experience the Zero Crisis finale in-game now and pick up the Season 6 Battle Pass to run wild across primitive landscapes with Lara Croft. (gasps) Yes, Lara Croft! Teen Titans Raven and (gasps) Agent Jones. Ooh, me and Agent Jones. Oh my god, you have to go to fn.gg slash season 6 to see it all. What's that website, Helen? fn.gg slash season 6. Thank you, Fortnite. Hey, it's John Moe. And look, these are challenging times for our mental and emotional health. I get it. That's why I'm so excited for my new podcast, Depression Mode. We're tackling depression, anxiety, trauma, stress, the kinds of things that are just super common but don't get talked about nearly enough. Conversations that are illuminating, honest, and sometimes pretty funny with folks like Patton Oswalt, Kelsey Dara, and Open Mike Eagle. I have this public-facing self, and then I have my emotional self that tends to stay hidden. It was about finding a way to communicate to somebody that, like, there's terrible sh** going on back here. Plus psychiatrists, psychologists, and all kinds of folks. On Depression Mode, we're working together, learning, helping each other out. We're a team. Join our team. Depression Mode for maximum fun, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Orlando Leba with three and a half points and Heidi Gardner with one and a half points. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. All right, Heidi, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about figure skating, the 1992 Olympic Dream Team, and the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those. Tell us why you chose figure skating for one of your topics. Well, I love the Olympics, and I feel like Growing up, figure skating was always just so incredible to me. So, Mm -hmm. and it was, I had a best friend in grade school who was also super into figure skating. You know, we were really into the drama, the the Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding, (laughs) all of that. And then as an adult, every Winter Olympics, I'm in. And so once you're into something, you just start retaining the knowledge. Sure. Yeah. It sticks for me. 
All right. Well, speaking of Olympics, you also said you know a lot about the 1992 Olympic Dream Team. Yep. Okay. So I like the Summer Olympics just as much as the Winter Olympics. (laughs) That's nice. You're very fair-minded in that way. (laughs) Yes. And then I also love the NBA and the 92 Dream Team was, you know, huge. You know, the first time we saw NBA players in the Olympics. And it was just so cool like the all the players were amazing and then all the press around it and you could get jackets and cups and merch and (laughs) it was just incredible and you actually got to work with a member of that dream team on saturday night live yeah charles Barkley. yes what was that like for you (laughs) i mean it was so cool i already had a poster of him hanging up in my office so when he came in for me to pitch him sketch ideas, I was like waiting for him to notice the poster. (laughs) He didn't notice. And then I was like, Charles, look. And he was like, you put that up right before I came in. I was like, no, I didn't put up like a Phoenix Suns poster. (laughs) He's like, yeah, last week you had Timothy Chalamet up there when he was hosting. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, that's a really special moment. That's great. And then finally you said you know a lot about the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yes, I feel like that was... Growing up, we always watched it on Thanksgiving, but then my brother and I, whenever we'd go to the video store, we're just like, can we get Planes, Trains again? (laughs) As I've gotten older, I watch it more and I get more of the jokes. Like Mm. when I was little, I didn't really get the two pillows. I laughed (laughs) because the adults were laughing. Yeah. But I feel like it was only a couple years ago that I was like, oh. Very fun. All right. So to summarize, Heidi, you said you know a lot about figure skating, the 1992 Olympic Dream Team, and the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Today, we're going to quiz you about figure skating. Ooh, okay. All right. Now, do you skate yourself or have you skated in in your past? I have figure skated, not like a pro. Yeah. (laughs) You got some moves? You're you're comfortable out there on the ice? Yeah. I can't do a jump. Okay. (laughs) What, What figure can you make when you're figure skating? I can go around the rink. That is more than I can do. So you are you are very impressive to me. Your figure is O. You can figure in you an, can o. Do an O. <laughs> a big yeah. circle. Yes. Uh, who are some of your favorite skaters that you, you've enjoyed watching perform? Growing up, Brian Boitano, uh-huh. um, Scott Hamilton, like he would do the flips. Um, then Johnny Weir is an American figure skater who's amazing. Yevgeny Plushenko was like, that's when like the quads got really big. Right mm-hmm. now I'm just talking about men's figure skating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oksana Bayul, Tara Lipinski, Michelle Kwan, Nancy Kerrigan. Mm. I mean, yeah. You, you love them. And have you got yes. to see any of them in person perform? When I was younger, my friend Michelle and I, who would talk figure skating, we went to one of those Stars on Ice mm-hmm. tours. I think we saw Oksana Bayul and Victor Pachinko. Let's talk Very about cool. the outfits. it's it's really it's about the outfits let's face it right well Heidi you're very into fashion and vintage fashion is that influenced also by your uh, love of figure skating yeah sometimes I'll be in a vintage store and I'll see something that's very figure skating-esque and figure out like I mean it probably is like a figure skating or gymnastics outfit and I'm like Mm -hmm. Could I figure out how to pull this off in the real world? And it, it never makes sense. Uh, it's not on an is, is it too many sequins or not enough sequins for you? Yeah, and not and no pants. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in your topic of figure skating to test your mastery in the subject with an expert level question worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show your love, here are five trivia questions about your topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed to hint for any two of these five questions. Now, Orlando, okay. do listen closely because if Heidi answers incorrectly, you can steal. Orlando, by the way, how much do you know about figure skating? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> okay. 
How do you let's see if he gives you a chance to steal the I way just, that uh, I know it's real pretty yeah. though. I know it's real. It pretty. is pretty. Well, that, oh, that was going to be our first question. Well, there you go. <laughs> all right. Here is your first question, Heidi, about figure skating. For nearly six decades, the only way most Americans got to see high-level figure skating in person was thanks to a company who put on spectacles at arenas all over the country, some of them featuring famous skaters. What was the name of this company seen by tens of millions of people in local venues and on TV specials? Oh, my gosh. I'm going to take a hint or I'm going to burn a lot of time. Okay, let's take the first hint, (laughs) Helen. It's a pun on escapades. Icecapades. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Excellent use of the hint. It <laughs> is the Ice Capades. Uh, fun fact, at one point, Ice Capades was bought by a group headed by legendary skater Dorothy Hamill. That group mm. sold it to a company headed by televangelist Pat Robertson. Mm. It went oh. bankrupt in 1996. <laughs> all right, here's question number two, Heidi. Figure skating has all sorts of elements and moves with all sorts of names. An axle, a Lutz, and a Saukau are all examples of what type of move? A jump. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. A jump. Fun fact, Axel, Lutz, and Salkow are all named for the skaters who invented their respective jumps. The Lutz is the oldest and the most difficult. You did not need the hint in that one, but Helen, what would that hint have been? It's the name of separate hit songs for Van Halen, Criss Cross, the Pointer Sisters, and Flo Rida featuring Nelly Furtado. A great range of artists if there ever were one. That's right. Each had a song called Jump. All right, Heidi, you're two for two. Here's question number three. There are two Olympic events where two skaters perform together, ice dancing and pairs. There are three main things that you are not allowed to do in ice dancing that you are allowed to do in pairs. Name one of them. In ice dancing, you have to remain touching at all times. Helen? Um, that's not quite correct. Not quite correct. I'm terribly sorry. It means Orlando, you have a chance to steal. In ice dancing, you don't have to stay connected (laughs) the whole time. Helen? Also not quite correct. No, no. I think maybe what you were going for, in ice dancing, you cannot skate more than two arm lengths apart. You cannot skate more than two arm lengths apart. So it's not exactly not being together. You just can't be uh, far apart. The other ones, you are not allowed to jump and you are not allowed to lift the woman over the man's head. Uh, You did not go for the hint in that one. Helen, what would the hint in that one have been? It's the name of separate hit songs for Van Halen, Criss Cross, The Point of Sisters, and Flo Rida featuring Nelly Furtado. That's right. We were trying to get you to say jump there as well. Fun fact, there's another skating event with more than one person in the ice that's not in the Olympics. It is called synchronized skating. And uh, it is weird. All right, let's see if you can bounce back with question number four, Heidi. Sonia Henney was one of the most famous figure skaters of all time, partly due to her success on the ice coinciding with the dawn of talkies, movies with sound. She was able to parlay her 10 consecutive world championships into a major career as a Hollywood movie star, appearing in several films where she played a character who just happened to ice skate really well. Even though she made it big in America, what country was her birthplace, which she also represented in the Olympics? Canada. Helen, is it Canada? It is not Canada. No, I'm terribly sorry, but Orlando, that means you have a chance to steal. Russia. Was it Russia, Helen? It is not Russia. No, I'm terribly Um, sorry. I'm supposed to know these things. No, no, Um. these aren't the ones you're supposed to know, Orlando. Oh, sorry, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's okay. Um. No, the answer we're looking for is Norway. Norway. Uh Uh I know. As soon as you hear that, you say, Norway. 
Fun fact, you can learn more about Sonia Henny being the first private citizen to purchase a Zamboni machine on episode 52 of Go Fact Yourself. Nice. Wow. All right, here's question I wonder what five. she you, did with it. She, <laughs> I have a feeling she used it for ice, but I'd love to know what your theory is, Helen. <laughs> Uh, All right. Question number five. How do you do? Still have a hint available. The first written account of figure skating appeared in 1772, but it didn't look much like the sport we know now until about 100 years later, when an American living in Vienna added elements of ballet and dance to give the sport its grace. Who is this man known as the father of figure skating? You do have a hint available if you'd like to use the hint. I'll take the hint. Helen, how about that second hint? His first name is the capital of Mississippi. His last name is a brand of underwear endorsed by Michael Jordan. And overall, his name sounds a lot like Bradley Cooper's character in A Star is Born. Well, his last name is Haynes. Mm-hmm. Jackson. Um, Say that a little louder. Jackson. Put it together. Jackson Haynes. That Helen? is correct. That is correct. She got it. <laughs> Excellent, excellent use of the hint. We appreciate it. Look at Orlando cheering you <laughs> wow, on. Wow, that was like masterful, masterful deduction. Love yes, it. Love it. Very, very excellent use of the hint. That's right. His name was Jackson Haynes. Fun fact, because of his participation in same-sex ice dancing, some sports historians consider Jackson Haynes to be an LGBT pioneer. All right, Heidi ended up doing quite well in that round, but now here's your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. We'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. All right, Heidi, the 1998 Winter Olympic Games were memorable for the United States figure skating team. They won two medals, and they made them count taking gold and silver in the ladies' singles. Even more impressive, that gold medalist was, at the time, the youngest female skater ever to win an Olympic gold. So, for up to three points, where did those 1998 Winter Olympics take place? Which American won the silver? And which young American, who went on to become a commentator on the sport, won the gold? Okay, the Olympics took place in Nagano in 98. Okay. The gold medal was Tara Lipinski, and the silver medal was Michelle Kwan. Okay. Said very confidently, Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Joining us tonight is a figure skating commentator and member of the U.S. Figure Skating Hall of Fame who won the gold medal at the 1998 Winter Olympics. It's Tara Lipinski. Ah! Tara Lipinski, oh, there she oh is! My god. Oh my god! This is so special! <laughs> oh my goodness, how fun! That is the oh. exact reaction we want anytime we reveal an expert. I thank you, Heidi. That's exactly I'm how so we drew it up. I'm so excited to meet you! Oh my gosh! Oh, I watched you win the gold medal! This is so cool! <laughs> and I don't know if you heard her, Heidi. Tara said uh, she's excited so to meet great. you. You're familiar with Heidi's work on SNL, uh, Tara? Oh yes, oh. yes. That's so cool. Thank you so much for joining us, Tara. I love on your Instagram, uh, you describe yourself as a broadcaster by trade and a skater for life. Do you still skate these days? I do it to keep it up. Uh, Obviously, through the pandemic, I haven't. This is the longest I've gone without being on the ice, which is is really insane after skating, you know, most of my life. Yeah. And you're still commentating, though. They're still doing competitive skating. What's it like, though, 
doing that without an audience there. Yeah, it's very interesting, very difficult for the skaters since they thrive off of that energy. But yeah. it's really nice that we still get to have a season and um, yeah. we have a studio in our homes. Yeah. And we actually went to one event, the national championships a few weeks ago, and we were inside the bubble, but still no audience. And but it's nice. I mean, I really, I, I love commentating and I get to do it with my partner in crime, Johnny yes. Weir, who is one of my best friends. So we we have a pretty good time. Yeah. How, how did you get paired up with Johnny? Because you guys have such a great chemistry. You, you've described him as having a sort of a, a soulmate friendship, if I, if I read that right. Yes. You know, obviously I knew of him. Skating sure. is a small world. But I was, at the time, commentating the ladies' event and he was commentating the men's event. And we were sitting outside the studio one day just waiting and we started talking and and just really hitting it off. And we're, we we just said, why don't we try to pitch it that we do it together? Oh, wow. And we did. And they said, oh, let's do a trial. And then moved on to NBC. When here. you're commentating, do you still get to wear the flashy outfits? And do you wear them without <laughs> pants? No pants. So, no, I don't wear skating dresses anymore. But mm. Johnny Weir um, really loves to dress up for any moment. So he's <laughs> always in sparkles, which Somehow I, I end up in sparkles as well, but no more skating dresses. <laughs> well, what's great about your, your partnership is they kind of use you as a jack of all trades on NBC. They don't just have you cover figure skating or even just the Winter Olympic. They, they have you cover the Summer Olympics, the Kentucky Derby, dog shows. What's been the most unusual event that you guys have covered together that you would never have expected? Here I am commentating on this for NBC. Yeah, we've done a lot, but I would probably say that when we showed up at the Super Bowl, we just really <laughs> felt absolutely <laughs> Johnny was like, are you sure they know I'm here? <laughs> they probably thought he was with the halftime um, show. Yeah, and yeah. We're, we're like Googling just like some lingo to make sure that we, we kind of Were you okay. wearing sequins and- at the Super Bowl? Please say yes. Oh, 100%. Oh, there you Thank go. God. I mean, I think like Johnny had like a football, a sequined football hat on or something crazy. I love it. Um, <laughs> I love it. But yeah, it was fun. Obviously, we just did all the fun entertainment-y side yeah. of the Super Bowl and it, it was a That's blast. great. One of the commentaries that you two did that I that I watched was actually you're commenting on your own 1998 Olympics performance where, where you won the gold. What was that like for you? And, and when was the last time you had seen that? A while. I, I don't go back yeah. and look at that often. And when I did, it's just such a surreal experience because it's an outer body yeah. experience of like, wait, I did that? How did I do that? How did I handle that pressure? And I don't remember much from that night. I think I was definitely in yeah. what they call the zone. But um, yeah. obviously winning that Olympic medal and becoming an Olympian and having that moment mm-hmm. in Japan was, you know, one of the best moments of my life. And and so happy yeah. that all the stars aligned for that to happen. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, what's the coolest thing you got to do as an Olympic champion? Because they, they paraded you throughout so many different things, that some of which probably you like, some of which you didn't. What, what was your favorite coolest thing that you got to do? There was so many amazing memories after the Olympics. I, you know, obviously doing the talk shows and I had my own Barbie and yeah, there was just, you know, moments like that for a 15 year old. Yeah. They're sort of mind-blowing. That is cool. You made your professional debut to a Save Ferris song. That was your that was the choice that you made. Was that a, a conscious effort to break away from the more classical stuff that you had done before you went pro? Yeah. I mean, I think that was the, you know, figure skating back in the day was, you know, during 1994 mm-hmm. when everything happened with Nancy right. Kerrigan and Tanya Harding. Figure skating um, was really at the height of its popularity. It was all, it, was, it would rival football mm-hmm. ratings. That's how you know, the, the exposure to it was so great. And, you know, we got an opportunity to, to skate as professionals, so not just amateurs. So when you stopped competing, mm-hmm. you had this whole other world that you got to experience. So it was really fun to be able to play with music and 
kind of skate to whatever you wanted and and not have to skate to. Yeah. Um, Rachmaninoff or you whatever. Know, pieces <laughs> yeah. that you know the judges might yes, like. Yes, that's funny. <laughs> well, by coincidence, I act, I'm pals with Monique Powell of Say Affairs, and I actually was texting her today about it, and she said that she was very aware that that was something that you had done. Oh, And really? she actually said it's one of our proudest moments as a band. Oh, that's so cool. I didn't know that. Look at tonight. Look at tonight. Yes. Connecting and manifesting all that. I feel so loved. Excellent. Well, you absolutely are. By the way, Monique Powell was a guest on Go Fact Yourself on episode five and was an expert for our guest Jordan Morris on our quarantine episode number 57. How would you say the sport has changed since uh, you competed? Uh, you mentioned that these quads now and, and things are getting more mm-hmm. and more technical. But you also are seeing, the, uh, it seems that the artistry is becoming a little more personal for the for the skaters. Do you find that as well? Yes. I mean, I think, you know, there's always trying to strike the balance, but but right now in figure skating, uh, especially in Russia, the technical bar has been mm. raised, especially amongst the women. Obviously, men have been doing quads for years now, but now these young girls are doing very difficult quads, almost mm. surpassing what the men are doing. So the sport is is sort of being catapulted into a different onto a different yeah. level right now, which is really exciting to watch. <laughs> How are your ankles, Tara? You know, I have bad hips. Mm. I had hip surgery at 18, but my ankles, you know, knock on wood. It was more my hips. (laughs) Wow. Tara, I have a question. Have you ever misplaced your medal? I haven't misplaced it. What's funny is I haven't seen it in, (gasps) I don't know, like 15 years. It's misplaced now. Years. (laughs) But no, meaning I kind of gave it away in a way to sort of travel. So we'll like go to museums and we'll go to like... So I kind of let it go and it's well taken care of. I think that there's always like armored trucks that drive it around or something. So I know it's safe. I'll get it back someday. <laughs> nah, girl, you got to yeah. be wearing that thing. Yeah, let's let's make sure we know where exactly you. it is. <laughs> yeah, right. like, I'll I mean, make sure. You know what? I'll check on it go. tonight. Just Thank you. One of the things that you have in common with our guest, Heidi, is that you both have recently in the last few years worked with Jim Carrey. Uh, tell yes. us about the tell us about the role that you had on uh, his show Kidding. Oh, it was so much fun. Obviously, he created this role that was just you know so out there and so bizarre. I played myself, but I was a terrible you know chain smoking, <laughs> abusive, horrible version of Tara Lipinski. But it was just so much fun. And, and again, another surreal moment of showing up on set and having a scene with Jim Carrey and. There was one scene where my throat got slit on the ice. So the whole setup of that was really fun. Such an incredible show. And it was so fun to be a part of for two seasons. The Olympics obviously got postponed uh, last year. Hopefully they're still going to be happening in uh, Tokyo this summer. You'll be there. Will that be the first time you're back in Japan uh, since uh, you won? Yes, it's actually going to be the first time I'm back since I won. I know. What? It's going to be so cool. And now get to show my husband where I won that medal when I was an itty bitty little teenager. But the Olympics should be on and we'll be there. Johnny and I will be there. So it will be exciting. And you also have, uh, you you have this Food Network show that you've done with Johnny as well. Tell us about that. Yeah, I don't know really how we end up in these these places. So there's no, you know, really can't connect the lines at all. So don't ask me to do that. We hosted two seasons of a wedding cake championship show for Food Network, and it was so much fun. Obviously, something we've never done before, but I mean, also really tempting just every day. Oh my God, yeah. How do you not? All the time. (laughs) I have a question on that note. Please. Okay. In the 2018 Olympics, in the women's figure skating, Zagatova and. Uh huh. Like Medvedeva, yes. yes. Okay, so who do you think should have won? 
Oh. I know. It was so hard. It was so, so hard. It's funny. At the end, they asked us, and I said, Alina, just because technically she had like slight, that had the slight edge. Mm-hmm. And they were both so perfect, but her story was just sort of insane. Just this entire year leading up to this Olympics came out of nowhere and then just sort of shot on the scene and was incredible. But then Yevgenia, her emotions on the ice were. I just love her. So I don't know. It would have I'm so glad I wasn't a judge, but if I was looking <laughs> Wait, who won who at won the scores, and who I actually won? Alina. And, and Heidi, what do you I think? Just, so when I watched it in 2018, I was like, Yevgenia should have got it because I think she got to my emotions. Yes. But I recently just watched it a month ago and I was like, Alina, there was nothing wrong with I mean it was perfect. Wrong. And, and, and so, that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. It was, there was nothing you could really point out. So then how do you. <laughs> and like you were yeah. saying, like now they're jumping with their. Yeah. Arms over their head. It's insane. Mm. She was so good. Yeah. In practice, she would do like five triple combinations in a row. It would, it would be, it was mind blowing. Oh yeah. my gosh. I love that Heidi is going back and watching <laughs> yes. old Olympic yeah. just on in your spare time. No, I'm I'm completely shocked. I'm like she's like <laughs> I, I just see her in a big room. It's just a projector. She's she has a pointer. She has a yeah. pointer laser. See, see yeah. there, there. She's not yeah, wearing she, any pants. Geez. I mean, can I ask one more opinion Please. question? On okay, yes. So in 2010 when Evan Lysacek won and he didn't do a quad, but Yevgeny Flushenko did a quad, how do you feel about that? Where do you stand? So I felt like that night, it was the right choice for like the overall performance. Mm-hmm. If Plushenko is one of the best and will always be one of the best and his style is so distinct. But I think at that time in skating, what Evan was able to do and classically skate so beautifully, but also deliver his technical merit, even without the quad. It was, again, so close. All of Mm. the Olympic Games, that's what's exciting about it. Usually one and two are so close. There's always the people that are team A and team Mm. B. And I guess that's what makes skating fun to be able to to choose who you like. And it's definitely a subjective sport still, you know. Well, I was going to ask how you felt about that. You know, there's so many innovations in other sports that try to take the human element out of it, that use technology to, to try to determine what, what something was or was not. Are we going to see more of that come to skating? Or do you think all, there's always going to be the human element of judging? Yes, I think that, I mean, obviously because of that second mark, which is for our, you know, the artistic yeah. component score, how do you right. have a computer judge that? So. There will always be judges, which will always cause controversy. Right. And um, that'll get people watching them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, excellent. Well, I'm so happy you joined us tonight. Let's get to the reason that we brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the question we asked of Heidi. We wanted to know uh, first in those 1998 Winter Olympic Games, where did they take place? Helen, what did Heidi say? Heidi said Nagano, Japan. And Tara? Yes. Yes, couldn't even wait for me to ask. Nailed yes, it. that's a point there for Heidi. Great. Uh, our next one was who won the silver medal? Helen, what did did Heidi say? Heidi said Michelle Kwan. And Tara? Yes, that's That's correct. correct as well. Another point for Heidi. And gee, I wonder who was the gold medalist who at the time was the youngest female skater ever to win an Olympic gold. Helen, what did Heidi say? Heidi said Tara Lipinski. Take it away. Yeah. Yep, it was oh, you. Oh boy. I mean, good thing. Like, I was ready today because I was like, you know, obviously a skating fan, but it's been a while. Are you sure? <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
Oh, I, I know. I remember the moment, which also I have to ask this question. Yes. Before you went out there, like as an athlete and you're in the zone, are you nervous or just in oh, a I zone? Oh, I was so nervous. I had never experienced a feeling like that my entire career, okay. you know, even going to the world championships and the short program, I was fine. But the it, earlier in the day, I like told, I had like a breakdown at the hotel. I was like, mom, I can't, you've got to call it off. Like you've got to tell them, like, I cannot oh, go. Wow. Like this is something I cannot do. Wow. And even while I was waiting to skate after we warm up for like the five minute warm yeah. up, I was I was like calling her saying like I don't I don't think like is it okay if I don't do And this? what does your mom oh. say to that? <laughs> yeah, I mean I think she played it right. She's like, sure, whatever you want to yeah. do, but then I'm sort of like, well that's not the answer. <laughs> like obviously I'm gonna go do it. <laughs> um, wow. And then I just remember saying to myself, like, okay, you gotta pull this. <laughs> I pull can't this believe you transcended that at fifteen. That's crazy crazy it was a lot of pressure <laughs> wow uh last thing i wanted to ask is uh do you remember how you celebrated that night yes i have a great story of how i celebrated so when we went it was obviously after you know media and drug mm -hmm. testing you go back and it's you know two three in the morning and i was staying in the olympic village you know alone and i went to the cafeteria and wayne gretzky who i'm a huge fan of was there with a bunch of like different hockey teams from all over the world Whoa. and we had ice cream to he's like let's have an ice cream party <laughs> so we like had ice cream together and all the athletes were like cheering and it what? was yeah that's you awesome. had an ice cream party with Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> I, I sure did. So yeah, wow. that is so. It's pretty. That's cute. exactly wow. as wholesome as I thought the Olympic Village would be. Oh wow. my god! I yeah. was gonna say like I was all I was gonna ask if your mom let you have a beer, but you're like <laughs> ice cream with Wayne Gretzky. Come on. Yeah, no more just ice cream. That's the sweetest. Uh, wow. That, that is sweet. Uh, Tara, as uh, Heidi mentioned, you are one of her favorite skaters. We're so happy that you were able to join us. Uh, if people want to find out more about you and your work, where can they do that? I guess Instagram, mm -hmm. Tara Lipinski. Or Twitter, I'm mainly on Instagram. I got to be better on social media. Sometimes I get very lazy these days. Yes, when people think <laughs> Tara Lipinski, it. they think that girl is lazy. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us and good luck in all your endeavors and have a wonderful time at the Olympics. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank so you, nice Tara. Tara for, thank you for joining us, Tara Lipinski, Bye. everybody. <laughs> Woo! All right, Helen, going into the final round, what is our score? Going into the final round, Orlando Leba has three and a half points and Heidi Gardner has seven and a half points. All right, now it is time for our final round we call Fast Facts. I'll read 10 statements and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Orlando and alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth one point. Again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Here we begin. Orlando, comedian Steve Harvey hosts a TV game show. True. Correct. That's right, Family Feud. Heidi, comedian Drew Carey hosts a TV game show. True. Correct. The Price is Right. Orlando, Tony-winning actor Jane Krakowski hosts a TV game show. False. Incorrect. No, she does the new Name That Tune. Heidi, Oscar-winning actor Jamie Foxx hosts a TV game show. True. Correct. Beat Shazam. Orlando, Golden Globe-winning actor Rob Lowe hosts a TV game show. True. Correct. Mental Samurai. Heidi, Emmy-winning journalist Walter Cronkite hosted a TV game show. True. Correct. Yes, it was called It's News to Me. Orlando, Grammy-nominated singer Carney Wilson hosted a TV game show. False. Incorrect. No, it was the revival of the newlywed game. Heidi, Teen Choice Award-nominated wrestler John Cena hosted a TV game show. True. 
Correct. Yep, it was called American Grit. Orlando, San Diego Chargers Hall of Fame place kicker Rolf Benershka hosted a TV game show. <laughs> Not with that name, false. <laughs> Incorrect. <laughs> no, he really did. It was a daytime version of Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> Heidi, podcast host J. Keith Van Stratton hosted a TV game show. True. Correct. If memory serves. And finally, Orlando, I am still waiting to be nominated for an award. False. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. That's right. I've given up hope long ago. Uh, let's thank Orlando and Heidi as Helen tabulates the final score. Helen, are you ready to announce the winner of today's episode? I am. At the end of the game, Orlando Leba has five and a half points and Heidi Gardner has 12 and a half points. Oh, a big rallying up of the points for Heidi. Congratulations, Heidi. You are the facting champion on Go Fact Yourself. Heidi, what will you do with your championship? I'll, I'll do the Super Bowl thing. I'll go to Disney World. All right. When Very it's good. safe. When it's safe, yes. Not, not, not now and yes. That hopefully hopefully soon, but not anytime very soon. All right. That just leaves everyone an opportunity to promote anything that they would like to mention. Orlando Leba, what have you going on? Where can people find you? People can find me on all social media at Hey Lando. I have a album streaming right now. It's called Adorable on all your streaming Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, and my special on HBO Max, Adorable is the name also indeed it is i really enjoyed watching it i recommend it to everyone as well and we thank you so much for being here orlando leba oh it was a pleasure excellent heidi gardner where can people find you as if they don't Um, know you can find me every saturday night on saturday night live and on instagram under heidi l gardner awesome well congratulations on your victory a nice turnaround from the super bowl and thank you so much for joining us it was a pleasure to meet you as well ladies and gentlemen my hosting partner is ms helen hong what do you have going on helen you can see me on the cbs series the unicorn on cbs cbs all access uh season one is on netflix you can follow me on the social media at funny Helen Hong, because that other Helen Hong has at Helen Hong. Don't follow her. She's not funny. Not funny. Funny funny Helen Hong. Funny Helen Hong. She is funny. She is Helen. She is Hong. She is Miss Helen Hong. And me, you can find me on Twitter at J underscore Keith and on Instagram at jkeith.net, all spelled out. That just leaves me to thank Orlando Leba, Heidi Gardner, Gary Left, Tara Lipinski. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Update our wiki at GoFactorWiki.Fandom.com and buy our T-shaped shirt at MaxFunStore.com. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night. Like what you hear? Come see us live. Someday, right? It's free. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts like S. Gerbic did. He, she, or they said, I'm a recent listener, but now a steady listener, going back and listening to old shows. Keep up the great work. Thanks, S. Gerbic. We will. Helen? Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised and produced by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from various homes across the country. Questions on Go Fact Yourself were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. It is produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Our theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Maximum Fun's senior producer is Laura Swisher. Associate producer, engineer, editor, and I think secretly Batman is Julian Burrell. Special thanks to Sarah Rodenbaugh, Jess Guinevan, Christina Van Valkenburg Maddie, Danielle Koenig, Brandon J. Carr, Clint Tauscher, Mike Avellanos, Adam Nedif, Dave Bianchi, Eric Tran, and Christine Villada. I've been Helen Hong! Let's go ice skating! Or watch ice skating. Yeah. Yeah, one's one's safer than the other.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.